Welcome to Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. On this podcast, we take complex tech topics and break them down for the non-tech listener with your host, Ian, Kyle, and Philip. It is another edition of Break It Down, and we are here today talking edge computing, guys. How are we doing? Doing great. I feel like we've passed our master class from the last session. We're moving on to a postgraduate degree here. Yeah, this is definitely I like... I feel differently. We're definitely like <laughs> a two-point... We're like two-point... or classroom 201 instead of 101. I'm interested in this one. I feel like we're in a video game and we are at the edge of the map that we've explored for me and we are about to start entering some <laughs> parts unknown. <laughs> we are very much about to wade into some waters that I am unfamiliar with, which maybe I am familiar with. But I did want to share, you guys know this, I went to look up the topic like I always do, just so you know whether or not I have a working knowledge depends on the episode. My computer, Kyle, does not want me to know the secrets of edge computing, because when I went to look into edge computing, my computer crashed. So I don't know what lies out there for us to learn today, but my computer did not want me to know what you were going to share with us. Well, with the Phil's crash last week in uh, cloud compute and yours in edge compute today, it's just it's just keeping people like me in business. The machines are in the dark. That's true. That's right. So, what is edge computing? And like maybe it is a term that Philip and I know, and we just didn't know it was the buzzword. Maybe it's a concept we know. I think that's it. I think you guys all understand the technology here, and maybe just not the vernacular is not part of your everyday use. But if we kind of look back at uh, some of our previous topics, especially in our in our cloud compute episode, we talked a lot about how companies were transitioning cost and management and some of the the overhead around their data and their compute. And they moved it from on-site or even colos. We talked a lot about colos into the cloud and all of the benefits that that gained them. So you can lower your cost. You can move from, from CapEx to OpEx, et cetera. So now, now we've got this model where organizations, companies, data-driven businesses can use cloud storage to help them deploy applications, get data out there. Now, where edge compute comes in is cloud compute, cloud storage is not for everyone. It's not for every application. What you gain by moving to the cloud is the flexibility and the scalability and sometimes some additional security. But what you lose is latency because you lose control over where that data is physically stored and how quickly your applications and your users can access it. Now, we're talking milliseconds here. So like, it's really hard to fathom. It doesn't matter, you know, the data, you, you store data in, in a server farm in Singapore versus Queens, New York. Networks are so fast that the difference between accessing data from Singapore when you're in Greenville, South Carolina, and accessing data from New York, it's milliseconds difference. But those milliseconds matter in certain environments. So again, callbacks to other episodes, augmented reality, smart cars, smart cities, anything that's autonomous, you have got to have access to compute and access to data that is really fast, as fast as you can get. So now you've given up the control and the physical access to your data and moved it to the cloud. 
in environments or applications like I just listed, now you've you've introduced a problem by moving your data so far away that your apps can't access it fast enough. So that introduces edge compute. So if you guys are comfortable with the term edge, meaning the edge of the network or the edge of the internet or the edge of Ian's knowledge, command of knowledge of highly uh, technical products. The edge is really where the, the company gives over control to someone else. That's the point at which the network or the apps are no longer owned and managed by that company. They're, to use an archaic term, it's outsourced. So edge compute is really the edge of a customer's network edge of a customer's compute architecture at which these applications and this data runs. So to bring it all around to what we're talking about today, the reason edge compute is so important is you want to move data as close to the user as possible. So that's edge compute. So in in things like augmented reality, if you're using, we always use the Iron Man thing or the RoboCop, depending on how old you are, but we use that as the analogy on what augmented reality is versus virtual reality. So augmented reality is you're looking at the real world and the technology that you're wearing is displaying data about the things that you see in the real world at real time. Well, if you're looking at a car, you're a mechanic and you're wearing smart glasses or something like that, and you're looking at an engine of a car, you want data to pop up as quickly as possible as you're looking through that augmented reality lens. And so To rely on internet speeds and cloud storage that you don't control where it's physically located, it can really slow down that process. So that's not a mission-critical environment, but hopefully the analogy or the example means something to you. But the concept of edge compute is moving the compute and the storage, the response, as close as possible to the user for these applications that require really, really low latency. Can I throw a, a dart at the dartboard and see if I get a product right? Let's do it. Come on, Ian. I think I know where you're going with it. Is the Meraki MV yeah. an example of edge computing? Yeah. So, th- yeah, that whole that whole suite is what helps companies deploy or get or again get that data, the processing power, the compute power as close as possible to. That camera stores all the data in it, in the camera itself, instead of sending it back to a VMS software. So that camera, the MV, is technically an edge compute device. I'm sure there's a better way to put that. but No, no, that's, so that's right. And that's why it's there, right? So that's why it's built into the camera. If you really want to, I hate to use this example so soon because it kind of erodes the high technology part of this, but your mobile device is an edge compute device. So your phone is an edge compute device. So you run apps on your phone and depending on how old your phone is, the compute power of the device on which you're running the application may not be sufficient to process all the, whatever you're trying to do with it. Your clash of clans, you're, you're trying to buy more gems and clash of clans would create some continuity here. And so your device itself becomes the edge device, the edge compute device, just like the MV camera becomes the edge device or an edge compute device. Because if there's enough processing power on board, it will handle all the compute locally instead of sending it across the internet or across a network 
to another device to be performed. But you can't always, you know, you can't always do IoT sensors. There's very little onboard compute power on any IoT sensor, but that data has got to be processed really quickly. Again, going, if you think some of the more complex uses of IoT, like autonomous cars or smart cities, you definitely want to make sure an autonomous car gets real quick responses from whatever is controlling its compute and the commands back to that device. So if a product has is utilizing cloud computing, does that tend to drive the price down of that product, that piece of hardware, because it doesn't have the computing power and thus something that would be edge computing and has the computing power on site or near? Does that tend to drive the price up on products? So it's a great question. It's a tough one to answer in 2021 because the amount of compute that you can build into technology these days is so cheap. It's cheap to do it. And so chipsets have gotten so fast, processing power has gotten so fast that just like our camera example, you can put a lot more compute power into the device. Now, with more compute comes more power. With more power comes more cost, comes more cooling, etc. So there's a balance. I got one more term to add to that, but I'll let you finish. All right. Yeah. So the, so the balance is, do you need it? Is it mission critical that the compute happens instantaneously? The camera is a good example. Facial recognition, a real good application of this technology. So if you're going to be using facial recognition, usually it's in a security environment and you need immediate responses or as quick as possible to allow someone to act upon an alert. And so, yeah, if you can get that built into the cameras at a low cost, great. If you can't and you want to deploy more cameras and you want to take a product to market and keep your costs low, then, yes, you have to offload the compute somewhere else. Cloud compute, not a great option for that. Edge compute, yes, edge compute's part of cloud compute, by the way. It's just just as close as you can get it to the user. Again, that's the whole point. Edge data centers, close as possible to the user. All right, Ian, what you got? What's your other dart? We're going back to Peter Parker. With great power also comes great responsibility. And it seems a little bit like this is a Pandora's box as far as Big Brother potentially controlling our lives. Is that a real fear? Is that an unfounded fear? Because if we're talking, these edge devices now have data and, and all of that within them and decision-making capabilities. So we're not only pushing updates out, but we're allowing them to potentially make decisions about things. Is this just a very slippery slope or a gateway into a, a world where my Nest and Google Homes control me? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think this topic is any more scary than our IoT episode or our 5G Wi-Fi 6 episode. Like when you start talking about the technologies that enable instantaneous interaction between (laughs) a sensor. When you have sensors and technology and devices in your home that can interact with other elements of your home, then yeah, it starts to get a little weird. Autonomous cars to me, they still terrify me. You know, self-driving cars. Now, listen, if you're responsible with the technology, with great power comes great responsibility. If you're responsible with the technology, then it shouldn't be scary. But there's a lot of trust in technology these days, and sometimes that trust isn't earned. It's so funny where we draw the line for the record (laughs) like the amount of data and like privacy rights and everything else we give up fine getting in a vehicle that we don't control no (laughs) 
Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, I don't, I, I don't want to bring up any of the the bad examples. People can look those things up themselves if they uh, if they have morbid curiosity. But if you think about again going back to the fact that latency is measured in milliseconds, and you have a car that's driving and acting upon responses that it gets from whatever a five G network or the internet or what, whatever it is, the slower the response back the less reaction time that vehicle has to abort or make a change or change lanes or brake hard or whatever. And just to quantify it, because I'm a math geek, if a car is driving 16 miles an hour, a blink, you and I blinking our eyelids, that's about 100 milliseconds. So a blink, your car travels about a foot and 100 milliseconds. So 100 milliseconds is forever in the networking world. You would never put something like an autonomous car in a network that's so slow that you've got 100 plus millisecond response times. But if you just think like every now and then you try to do a Google search and the page takes forever to load, like there's something that caused that. If we don't protect ourselves and ensure enough bandwidth and uh, secure networking for these autonomous devices, the last, <laughs> imagine, imagine a car driving down the road at high speed that suddenly loses access to the thing that's controlling it. That's, that's a terrible, terrible experience, right? So yeah, it's real. The technology is real. Again, we got to be good stewards of using it. Are Tesla's then kind of the current like beacon of edge computing, <laughs> like the best, highest, most high profile, best example of it? Yeah, it's the coolest one to talk about. I would say the one that most people will experience normally is gaming. So online gaming, not just PC gaming, but but the platform games, anything that's multiplayer that you're accessing uh, content online, you know, these massively multiplayer games, things like that. Those all take advantage of edge compute. And there's a ton of money in that, a ton of money. We keep joking about this Clash of Clans thing, but esports is a big thing right now uh, at, because people are playing competitive sports, electronic sports, but not physically located with one another. So in order to provide a competitive environment, you got to have low latency. In order to have low latency, you got to have edge compute. So there are some real world applications here that aren't quite as sexy as Tesla. It's a great example, but this stuff's been around for a while because of applications that require this immediate responses or, or quick responses from uh, whatever's driving the compute engine. This is like one of those, uh, you edit your resume, it's not better than it is. Like anyone who plays Fortnite is now an edge computer. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So sort of, yeah. <laughs> so with... Cloud computing, we talked about you can find yourself in a centralized location where a lot of computing is going on and thus it could have its own security problems. What security issues can come along with this? Yeah, it's it's exactly the same thing. Honestly, Phil, the, the applications in which edge compute gets deployed have to be really targeted towards specific geographies because that's the whole point is that you're putting compute power closer to the users. And if you're just talking about Everybody that ever does a Google or a Bing search, it's impossible to have edge compute near every one of those users. But if you're talking about people that use gaming from home, so you got metropolises, you might have some edge compute resources and a pop in every major city, whatever. So the point is, the closer you get to the users, the more edge data centers you need, the more data centers you need, the larger your attack vector which means now we've got even a larger 
cybersecurity footprint that we've got to cover. So it's exactly the same thing we talked about last time in cloud compute, only now it's even wider, even more distributed than it was in our last episode. Gotcha. So, you know, think about like our partners that you know, some of our partners that listen to this. What is from a infrastructure standpoint, does this do to like a network? I mean, like, is it does it alleviate some things? Does it increase? Does it make some more bottlenecks? What does it all look like from a, behind the actual device computing? Yep. So one of the terms we haven't said just yet is edge gateway, which you guys will run across that and our partners will run across an edge gateway. An edge gateway is not fundamentally a lot different than any other network router or network gateway. That edge gateway's goal is to analyze the traffic coming to and through it and route that traffic appropriately. So if we look at a true scan source style move to the cloud company opportunity here, there's a bunch of data that our users could put in the cloud that we don't need immediate access to. But there's going to be applications that we do need low latency, high response time access to. And so we would have and deploy some form of edge compute. Now, those edge gateway devices are built in such a way to intelligently route the things that need to go to edge data centers to them and otherwise not and and leverage a lower cost bandwidth connection or a lower cost uh, cloud compute path to the data. So there are some tangible cost savings that our partners can deploy with companies, especially, again, any end user account, any, any company that specializes in some of those technologies we've been talking about, security, facial recognition, augmented reality, even contactless checkout. If you think about the new shopping experiences we've heard about where you just fill your cart physically, fill a cart, and then you just walk out the door. Imagine if that system breaks down and you just walk through the gate and then walk out the door with all the products and there was never a connection back to from the point of sale system fast enough to say, whoa, your credit card was declined or we don't have one on, you know. So we're not endorsing theft for the record here. <laughs> that's right. In my working notes here, I had a comment on loss prevention. Just again, another callback to one of our earlier episodes. So there are some real world applications out there. And again, I guess the, the bottom line is the more we digitize, the more technology we deploy, the more trust we have in that technology that's working and that it's alerting us to positives or negatives in our commerce environment, as an example, that if we trust it and it fails, it's a big problem. So there's a lot of opportunity for our partners to talk to customers about what their infrastructure looks like, what their use of data looks like, where their compute is, and start deploying solutions like this, even as simple as putting in an edge gateway. On, I mean, maybe I'm thinking too futuristically here, but you said the Tony Stark thing earlier that got me thinking. Healthcare to me feels like a huge application. Because, I mean, if you're talking smart goggles, maybe I'm a newer surgeon and I, I need help making sure I, you know, operate on the right body part or the right tendon or whatever. Yeah, the right person. Make sure you start there. That I mean, Yeah, we can be back up to there. But yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of, I think, like identification and, and use cases within healthcare that I can think of very quickly as well. Yeah. When we talk about edge compute, we tend to focus on the word compute, like there's computation that has to happen somewhere. But there's just fundamental 
routing of bandwidth and access to content, even if it's not a live body on the other side of a video call. I mean, telemedicine's real. I mean, that's it was real before COVID. But now we've got hospital systems and other medical providers that don't have to have specialists on site anymore because they can just phone a friend and they can just video them in, even in the room doing surgery. They can just video in a specialist. But again, same thing goes there. Like if you can't connect or you've got a lag, you got latency issues, then you're talking about people's lives. So yeah, so you're right. This is There's definitely a healthcare element to it, not only just in that example, but all the sensors, all the IoT devices, every mobile device that's out there, there's a real need to be acting very quickly in that space. I feel smarter. I we I was right. We did know what this was. We didn't know the name. But yeah, I'm going to go watch Iron Man. Yeah, this is good because just flashback to a couple episodes. I was last night explaining blockchain to my parents using a cooler. So, you know, these episodes do Excellent. go a long way, even for my parents. They're working. So. We're getting smarter. Yeah. Well, like I said, you may not know the words, right? Edge compute might not be in your vernacular, but I promise you, you understand what's happening in the background, especially if you've listened to this series and you've been picking up on the, the technologies as we go along. Philip and I are just edge compute devices sharing the knowledge we've garnered from you. There we go. That's, That's that sounds exactly great. Right. All right, guys. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Today's interview is brought to you by Cisco Security. Security is a top concern for all customers in a growing global market rich in recurring revenue. Don't just sell the products, win by selling security business valuable in a scalable architectural approach with best-of-beat products and threat intelligence with Cisco. Profit from an ongoing relationship with your customers today.